Welcome back to the Dynasty Stock Market. We got episode two of the new series today. I got Dwayne or Dewey's Nuts with me. Uh, Tyler was on Wednesday. These are going to be on Fridays every week until we decide to stop doing them on Fridays. Today we have Dynasty trade targets and players that you should be getting right now in your, I guess, startups or just in your Dynasty leagues. Before we get started on intro, Dwayne, let's hit the intro. How are you doing? Are you ready to drop the dynasty knowledge for the listeners? Yeah, I still think you fucked up naming this thing, whatever you named it. I think it should be dynasty day traders, man. Alliteration makes people happy, okay? Anytime you can throw those sounds together, it makes people feel good. No, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, we, are, we were just talking about this. Um, as of today, when you're listening to this, Iowa is officially like 75% back opened up. Our governor might be an idiot, but we'll kind of see how that rolls. It, unrelated to fantasy, it makes no sense. California just closed down for three more months and we're opening back up today. So I don't really get the whole like continuity with who makes the decisions and whatnot, but that's a different, totally different conversation. But today, like I said, we have our dynasty less, trade. A lot, less people, a lot less people in Iowa. They're not so close together, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Fuck it. I'm not leaving my fucking house if I can avoid it all year. Next yeah, year either. Fuck it. I don't yeah. Overrated. I don't I don't plan on going back to normal for a long, long, long time for sure. But all right, we'll start off with the quarterbacks. We have all positions in one. Um so it'll be a little of a little bit of a longer episode, but stay tuned. There'll be get some good tidbits in here for you to dominate your dynasty league. So my first quarterback is Jameis. Hang on, hang on. Oh, yep. Why are you so such in a fucking hurry to get to the content here, man? You gotta you gotta oh, slow okay. build it. All Tell right. me well, you don't want to know about something that's happened interesting in my life lately? Well, sure. If you, you sound like you're just kind of staying at home. So what, what has been happening in the week uh, since last Saturday? So for the first time in, oh gosh, maybe 20 years, uh, I got iced yesterday. Okay. You know what that means? Well, like I have an idea of what that means. Um, like were they, what was it, your birthday? That's kind of like the the... No, you just got iced like this coast got iced. Somebody fucking knocked on my door and, and sure enough, I opened it up to a couple of smearing off ices. Haven't had oh. one of those in a long time. I'll say this. It was delicious. Then I drank my wife's too. It was very delicious. That's like, was that like a, like a neighborhood thing they were just kind of doing to give them something to do or. I guess I don't, people just fucking love me, Lucas. They love well, me. True. They want yeah. to see my face. They want to be around me. People, people want to be around Dewey's Nuts. Can't blame well, yeah. me. Dewey's is the man, like your kids say. So. Dewey's Nuts is the man. For Fuck sure. Yeah. All right, let's talk, let's talk dynasty here. What are we doing? We got people watching. They're going to leave. <laughs> we get to the meat. Fuck, Lucas. You're, For you're, sure. All right. All right, we'll go back. I'll probably make a cool like blooper reel out of that or something. Uh, we'll do something like that. Leave but, all right. it in. Leave it in. I, I will for sure. All right. Quarterback one for me. Uh, I have two. We might have more. Jameis Winston. Now of the backup-ish quarterback, third string, Taysom Hill's a quarterback. I don't know. The whole he's a, he's a quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. Drew Brees is signed there till 2022. They pulled the man out of retirement. Like it is like he came out and said he was retired. They pulled him out of retirement to come back for I don't even know the write-off season. Yeah. Yeah. Like it. But remember, guys, it's the Saints in the playoffs. We see how this has happened the last three years. So that's, we'll see how that ends up. But like I said, Drew Brees will not be there next year. 
this team, the Saints, is 31st, so second to last, in projected cap space for 2021, and they're actually in the negative. So they're going to have to make some moves to even have a quarterback on the roster next year as Winston's only there for one year. But that being said, they're not going to be able to go get big money quarterback and free agency, whoever that's going to be for next year. I don't know, Dak Prescott, Trubisky. I don't even know who else is a free agent for next year. But they're going to have to sign someone cheap. And I think by now we all know Taysom Hill is not the answer. So basically go get Winston for the cheapest you're ever going to get a 25-year-old quarterback that just threw for 5,000 yards last year and hope to God the Saints' money issues don't necessarily fix themselves immediately and they can get him back on another one-year five, $5 million deal, and then he proves it, and then he's there long-term. There's only one way the Saints managed to sign Jameis Winston for this contract. I mean, they gave him a million dollars. That's it. Okay, for context, Andy Dalton signed a $7 million deal in Dallas. Like, the only way Jameis Winston signs with the New Orleans Saints is if they fucking promise his ass that he will be the starter next year when Drew Brees leaves. That's the only way that fucker signs that deal. That For feels sure. like a safe. That feels like a safe, a safe bet that he'll be there next year and he'll be the guy, um, whether you love Taysom Hill or not. You want to be your second one? You You can go first. Okay. Um, just in case you're missing him, I brought I brought some sunglasses. I'm gonna play Tyler <laughs> for this one. I feel I feel bad that he's not a, that. No, dude, I can't even read my fucking computer. That can't be <laughs> um, all right. So my first, my first choice, my only choice here at quarterback is Jarrett Stidham. Uh, like we said earlier, like trade targets at the quarterback position are tough to come by because in a super flex league, quarterbacks are outrageously overvalued, all of them. Starters are not, they're overvalued. Uh, Jarrett Stidham, I think, seems to be the exception right now. Like I drafted Stidham in a startup right before the NFL draft, and I held my breath every time the Patriots came up on the clock, which they did a lot. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't draft anybody. They did Picked up a couple of guys after uh, draft was done. Lewerke and Jamar Smith coming out of uh, Louisiana Tech, I think. Neither of those two guys are NFL quarterbacks. I'm not worried about them. You know, before this whole thing went down, they signed Brian Hoyer. The reason you sign a guy like Brian Hoyer is because he's familiar with the system, doesn't have to learn the system. He's a safe backup, and that's it. Jarrett Stidham gets a starting role in New England. I mean, the starting role in New England is, is a valuable place to be with the best coach, uh, perhaps of all time in the NFL. Like, if you got a shot at starting there, go ahead and do it. There were guys available, Cam Newton available. Um, Jameis Winston was available. Belichick said, no, I don't want any of them. I want the guy we've got. So, like, to me, that is that, that's somebody you can go get. Now, in our startup that we were talking about uh, at the, what, what was it, 11, 11th, end of the 11th round, Cam Newton was drafted before fucking Jarrett Stidham was drafted. Cam Newton, if you – in case you're unaware, is not on an NFL team. And there don't seem to be a lot of prospects, not a lot of teams calling his phone. He'll be signed somewhere. But if you can get a starting quarterback uh, after somebody else drafts a fucking car salesman, like do that. Seems like there's value there. Um, and if it, and forget about your draft. I mean, you can get him for nothing. People are, are undervaluing so much. And he may flame out quickly, but at least you got a starter. It's all I can say for the guy. Yeah. No, I think that it's like the way I look at it is, yes, he's the starter. Yes, he's going super late. But you have to put into context, like, the future for him. Unless Dak Prescott – so next year the free agency of, like, four quarterbacks is guys like Phillip Rivers, all the one-year kind of Drew Brees, but they're, they're going to be retired. Drew, Phillip Rivers already got his high school coaching career this year, and yeah. he's playing in the NFL this year. 
Dak Prescott maybe, but the chances he gets signed back are pretty high. And then there's the rookies incoming uh, class. Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, they're all going to go top five. Yeah. No matter how mediocre Stidham can play, the Patriots will not have a top five, probably even top ten pick for next year. Tom Brady played terrible last year, and they were – in the playoffs, but there's just, they probably honestly should have beat the Titans, um, whatever. But this team is a playoff team. They lost two guys on defense. They replaced those two with five same position players in the NFL draft. So this team is right back where they left off. If Stidham can just literally game manage, it can go nine and seven. Like that's going to be at least a quarterback two in fantasy. And he's probably going to win the job in the future. So I don't think it's, I think that's the thing that's scaring people is that, oh, the Patriots are going to be really bad. So they're going to get a, Trevor Lawrence or whatever next year, but yeah, they're but not going I, to be. They're forgetting that, like, there's a team outside of the quarterback, right? The Patriots' defense is – where were they last year? By far and away the best, at least fantasy defense, if not NFL defense. Like, they're not going to be – they're not going 4-12 and 12 or, or 13 or whatever, however many games there yeah. are in the league. I don't remember anymore. They're adding so many. But, uh, yeah, it's a good team. Worst-case scenario, there's a third, fourth-round quarterback drafted by the Patriots next year. That's a worst case scenario, and that's not a starting quarterback. I mean, that that doesn't that doesn't work out. I take them, and and one of the issues that I take in dynasty is like it's awesome that you're looking to the future. You have to look to the future, but people sacrifice looking at what's happening right now in front of them too often for the future. Okay, maybe Stidham isn't the starting quarterback next year, but he is right now. Like draft his ass in the ninth round if you want to in a super flex and and you've got you've got somebody worth starting yeah and then just pick up brian hoyer too just for insurance or go get cam newton too like there's only cam newton is the only quarterback that might go there so just take all three and you're gonna have a starter which is like in super flex is hard to come by unless you pay up early so i like that a lot my next quarterback and this one pains me to put him on here is baker mayfield i'll say it man it's not because credibility there it's not because I'm drafting him in a lot of leagues or I'm like, oh my gosh, like breakout coming because we all saw this last year. But the numbers add up for him to bounce back for this upcoming year. So he took 12 sacks, more than the average of the top 40 fantasy quarterbacks last year, right around like the third most sacked quarterback in the NFL. And what did they do? They went out and got Jack Conklin and Jedrick Wills, making their O-lines probably one of the top, I'd say at least top 10, but probably top five now if you look at it just on paper. Always kind of the thing that comes into with it with with um, second years and new systems. Um, obviously, they have another new coach, but it's more of a safer system. It takes time to develop that out. But I think with the way Stefanski's going to run that offense with the run first motto, a lot of play action, a lot of just shorter routes, a lot, not a lot of what Freddie Kitchen has tried to do last year. I think they'll be able to hit it pretty early. Uh, I looked at Kirk Cousins from 27 to 19 is 27 to 2019 his completion percentage under Stefanski, who was the QB coach and then the QB coach for half the year, then the offensive coordinator for half the year, and then the offensive coordinator, 64%, 70%, and 69.1%. Last year, Baker had a 59.4 completion percentage. That's not adjusted completion. That's just straight up uh, com- completions divided by passing attempts. So like, that just, to me, shows that the offense is much simpler than what they tried to do. They're going to try and run it first, which will set up easier throws. Um, and that's what we hope for guys like Baker even now Austin Hooper, David Njoku, OBJ, Jarvis Landry. And they kind of have a similar offense to the way the Vikings have had the last three years. So I say trade because I still probably would avoid them in startups because there's still 
where he's going um, is right around guys like Drew Locke, Daniel Jones, even Jared Goff, which that's pretty similar. Probably Joe Burrow if people aren't all about the rookies. So I think it's kind of pick your poison with how much you give for him. But I do think it will be much better than last year. But I still think the top five ceiling is sort of not in the picture. Yeah, my only concern with putting Baker on this list is um, the value thing for trade, right? When, when you look at trade targets, you're looking for guys that, that you can get value on. Now, you, you, you said he's going around guys like Drew Locke, and, and that might be his ADP, which I think that's probably appropriate where you take him. But, like, in our startup, he was the sixth quarterback taken at the end of the second mm-hmm. round. Like, there are guys out there that think – there's a big body of people out there that still think Baker Mayfield is the next coming, right? And that the Cleveland Browns offense is going to be the most explosive offense in football. So it's, it's going to be really difficult, I think, for people to find good value for a Baker Mayfield or anybody on that Browns team, um, to be honest with you, this, this year until he fucks up again. And then maybe, then maybe he's got a shot. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I'm, yeah, I'm hesitant on somebody like Baker because the value is not there. Like Jameis, you can get real cheap. Stidham, you can get cheap, but I, I just don't see any value in going after a guy like Baker fucking Mayfield. Yeah, for sure. I think the thing that is just funny in terms of like the Brown sort of, I guess you could say Twitter hype is everyone's like, Oh, Stefanski making this team a playoff team. And we look at last year, they brought in a new coach with no coaching head coaching experience. That didn't work out. So what they do, they went out and got another coach with no head coaching experience. So like it, I just think Stefanski's a little safer. So it might, it might just be not as um, much of a letdown if they don't produce at the level they think they should. But like the Browns organization is never going to learn from their mistakes. Like go out and get, I don't know, literally like Kubiak or like someone like that, that I know is not like the the prettiest on paper, but he at least has team managing experience. Cause from all, all the Twitter blurbs and rumors I've heard, it was a chaotic in that locker room. Like it was just a disaster oh, yeah. with how the team was ran. So I, yeah, I just, I, I hope said, it's better. I said from the start, I said from the very start that they should have let, uh, that let Greg Williams run that team. And if Greg Williams is a head coach last year, after doing a killer job as the interim a couple of years ago, like that is a different team altogether, but you're not, For you're sure. not wrong. Like a Mike McCarthy would have been a good choice there. I, 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 I wanted the Browns to go after McCarthy real hard. And the, they wouldn't have got him. Dallas gets whatever they want, but. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Sure. Fuck, I fuck up there. I like Stefanski as an offensive coach. His offense is good. Uh, he's got a nice, nicely built scheme there. But that's a that's a lot of that's a lot of big personalities in that locker room, man. That's not gonna yeah, go for well. sure. For sure. You want to give him your running back since I uh, had two there. Uh, yeah, I'll jump in here. Um, my running back here. This is a purely speculative ad. We're talking about what stock market is our thing, right? So like speculating yeah. stock market seems means guessing what's going to happen even if you don't have a lot of historical evidence to lean on that's all this is and it's Ryquel Armstead I know he's a hot name uh sort of right now as far as uh you know handcuffs out there in the league go but I think Ryquel Armstead of the Jacksonville Jags if you're not aware he was a fifth round pick um last season going in uh to 2019 uh, look, he's the team likes this kid a lot. He he didn't get on the field. He hasn't done a whole lot on the field in game time, but they're really confident in him. Hence, um, the whole trade Leonard Fournette thing, right? Part of the reason they felt so comfortable trying to move Fournette is because they like what they've got in Ryquell Armstead. Um, they did not go out and draft – even after saying, hey, we're trying desperately to get rid of Fournette, they didn't go and draft a running back in the draft to kind of fill those holes because, again, they feel like 
they've got a starter. They picked up, I know they picked up uh, James Robinson in the, in the, um, after the draft as a, as a free agent. I like James Robinson a lot, but uh, they certainly, that's not their plan when they let Fournette go next year. And don't, let's not get it twisted. They're letting Fournette go last year, next year. They already decided not to pick up his fifth year option. Doesn't mean they can't sign him to a new contract, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of love right now between Leonard Fournette and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So look, give me the guy who's, who the team is confident in taking over. And look, the most impressive thing I think about the Jacksonville Jaguars running back spot, whoever the fuck that is last year, only two backs in the league had 60 plus snaps per game, 22 and a half touches per game and 17 and a half or more of their team's target share per game. Only two backs had that kind of volume. And that was Leonard Fournette and CMC. It's a team that relies on the position. And if Fournette leaves and Armstead gets his chance, fucking fantastic. We know what happened with Fournette, his rookie season injury wise. Um, you know, he's uh, what sports injury predictor puts him at a high risk for re-injury to miss, I think three and a half games, whatever. But uh, as, as a handcuff this year, I think he can't do any better than Ryquel Armstead as an opportunity next year should he get to step in like the team wants him to step in it's just a role that has a lot of a lot of uh a lot of looks like that's that's valuable we're speculating here because he's done nothing on the field but if you're going to speculate this is a guy that I feel safe doing that with yeah for sure I think that the biggest thing in dynasty is you have to take risks like this I say it all the time you can be as good a good fantasy player playing a ton of leagues and you can get top six every year but to get, you have to get to the playoffs and then get lucky to win the championship. And a, play, a move like this, if you move, I don't know, even a 2021 20, second or something, I get that it might seem like a bad trade. But then say they trade away Leonard Fournette. Who knows? Say that Fournette gets hurt like he has in the past. They don't have another running back. And, I mean, is, I mean, is Devontae Freeman maybe, Carlos Hyde maybe. But besides that, it's just a bunch of wash-up guys anyways that aren't going to take from Armstead, who was a really good Divine athlete. Divine Ozigbo. Yeah, they did, they did bring him in, but I don't know. But yeah, Armstead, we saw last year that, in the, especially the draft, I think the draft is a huge thing. Out of all the rumors of Nagakwe um, being traded, we saw them go get their new edge rusher. Then Fournette's yeah. rumors came up. They could have gotten Cam Akers. They could have gotten probably Dobbins, if I remember right. They probably they could have gotten any of the running backs they wanted, honestly, with all the picks they had, So then, and they did not. They didn't get any of them. No. So I think that it's a very good um, – Trade target for sure. Faith right there. That's faith in what they have. So like you put in here um, some trades that are happening right now, just to give the people an idea of what kind of value we're looking at for a Ryquel Armstead, like Jalen Samuels for Ryquel Armstead straight up. uh, That happened in my fantasy league recently. Tariq Cohen. Look, Jalen Samuels is done in the league. Um, Anthony McFarlane comes in and, and he takes over. Benny Snell takes over. If you can make that happen, a guy that's on the way out for a guy that's on the way in, fantastic Tariq Cohen for Ryquel Armstead again you're living off of Tariq Cohen's production two years ago uh if you're relying on that again on that offense that ain't gonna happen the Bears fucking suck um if you if you can get this kid for guys that did shit in the past like that's playing dynasty right that's speculating uh against previous value that no longer exists and that's how you win you're not wrong you got to make these moves before Fournette leaves the team because Armstead's value is going to go through the roof right now. Get him for nothing. Yeah. This kind of can go both ways too, because I would honestly put maybe Fournette on this list because a guy that went top 
seven, top five in the NFL draft whenever he was drafted, doesn't go into free agency and not be on a team the next year. Like you don't, you don't see that very often. So I think it can kind of go both ways. That Fournette will see a little bit less of a role change on a new team, most likely, but it'll still be worth probably what you have to pay for him right now. So I like that a lot. Yeah, I. I'm wait if 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 I'm the Fournette or if I don't have Fournette right, but I want Fournette. You wait till the the back half of this season. You know, you know, weeks 12, 13, when the people who are out of the out of the playoffs are out of the playoffs. That's when you make a move for a guy like that, right? Because they know just as you do that Fournette will be leaving the team. Everything's up in the air. Who knows? I wouldn't trade for him now, just because he's still the starter. He did have a big season. His ADP is pretty high. So, again, the value's not there. But at the end of this year, that is a move that should be made. I've heard you say before, I think, um, anybody whose contract is up, you trade them before that season's over, right? Because who mm-hmm. knows what's – was that you? Talking about Aaron Yeah, I mean, at least I have that same motto. So. Y'all, look y'all look like you're fucking 14 years old. I don't know. Can't tell one from the other. All right. I'm, Somebody I'm said a, I'm a little bit higher, older than 14. But Tyler, he's probably yeah, like you 12. You got to grow something on your face. You got it. You look. I you got like that chair of faith right now, dude. Yeah. Well, it's also the, the mic too, but for sure, I have another handcuff, but I think yeah. will be the starter very soon. I have Alexander Madison uh, backup for the Vikings, probably even third string with Mike Boone. I don't really know how that whole backfield runs out, but Dalvin Cook is a free agent next year. He was drafted in the same draft class as Fournette. Um, he was who I wanted the Broncos to take. Different story, but the Sports Injury Predictor, great site. Um, go check it out. They there is a paid version, but you can get like five free searches or something a day. I don't really know. 56.8% chance of re-injury. And we all know Dalvin Cook's um, injury proneness, injury history that he's had so far. But we have seen how good he is when he's healthy. So that's where it kind of contradicts it a little bit. But next year, um, the Vikings are 25th um, in projected cap space for the NFL it's a little bit sort of skewed if you just tie the 25th to it because they still have like 30 million. It's a pretty big gap between like the 20, 29 to 25. So like they still have money to work with. But I think the Vikings are kind of a smart organization and they realize they've seen the trends of not needing to pay running backs when it's not necessary. Go get your quarterback, even though it is Kirk Cousins. They have done that and it's worked for them. They've gone to the playoffs. So I, this, is, this is speculative, just like you said. This is only if... Dalvin Cook is not returning on the team next year. And I think Madison, we've seen it when he had his limited touches because he got hurt too last year that he can produce as a fantasy starting running back, as a starting running back in the NFL. So this is still a, this is a handcuff in terms of an injury chance, but coming into next year, you could easily go trade for Madison right now. And some of the trades from a DLS trade tool, Madison for Matt Breed is straight up. These are all the recent ones too. Uh, I usually try to look for like uh, – one-for-one one swaps and not like four-for-four four players. Madison for the 209 this year and the 306 in the rookie drafts. And Madison for Chase Edmonds. So kind of sort of – I guess you could say – so Brita and Chase Edmonds are kind of similar. I think Brita is not really necessarily a handcuff, but kind of a similar in terms of touches he might get a game. Edmonds is a handcuff. But to me, I think Madison just has the most upside out of taking a chance of being the starter uh, than Brita, Edmonds, really even Pollard. Um, Armstead, you could say, is in that same kind of category. Um, but what do you think on Madison? Look, I'm going to – so I didn't read your notes before we started this, to be fair for the people. But I'm going to hit you with some Alexander Madison statistics um, that I think I remember off the top of my head. Obviously, um, you don't have them in your notes. So you can fact check me later, people, if you want to. But I believe – okay, I believe I did a, I did a, I did a 
handcuffs episode with Real Deal Fantasy recently, and we talked about Alexander Madison. But I believe in four of of uh, his last eight games. He didn't play the last couple games in the season because he hurt himself. You're right. I think in four of his last eight games, he had 60 yards when Dalvin Cook was playing, right? Um, I think he had uh, eight touches in seven games last season out of the 13 he was there. I believe, if I remember correctly, the red zone touch numbers between Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison last year was like 50 to 25. Like, he was on the field. He was playing. He was producing, especially near the end of the year when both players were in there. So not only a speculative ad, like if you can get Alexander Madison for a Chase Edmonds, Chase Edmonds is not going to play. Alexander Madison is going to be flex worthy on occasion, even now with Dalvin Cook there. That's a great running back to have. His ADP, when we looked, was right around eight, uh, running back 40. So, like, there's people aren't valuing him. Last year going in, he was going a lot higher than he is this year. But he produced last season, so he should be going higher. I love that pick as a trade target um, for Dynasty. or Even fucking – even redraft leagues, for Alexander sure. Madison is on my board. Like, that's a guy that I want on my team now. For sure. All right, yeah, moving on to beer number two. All right, for sure. Drink, uh, yeah. some – Drink some Oberon. This is a delicious local beer from right here in Kalamazoo, Michigan. We're going national brand Blue Moon Belgian. This is my wife's choice here, but I'll enjoy one while we're while we're going. What are you drinking? Tell the people. Uh, Water, some water out of a Yeti, straight from my faucet. For sure. Out of a Yeti, so you're like a uppity bitch. I guess. I guess. Well, yeah, I'm okay. We'll see. Go around to your receiver. You want me to go receivers first? I have two receivers that I'm going to hit you with. I'll do one. You go. I'll go. That'll be great. How's that? Sounds good. Okay. Um, I had three on here until just about a half hour ago. I decided to take one off. But the first guy I'm going to give you here is Curtis Samuel. I think Curtis Samuel is awesome. Another guy who going into last season, his ADP and his value was a lot higher than it is this season. People, there was a big argument last year going in. Is it Curtis Samuel or is it DJ Moore? Which guys were worth having I think DJ Moore won that argument last year but at the same time Curtis Samuel is a guy that you should probably go after in dynasty leagues this year in our in our startup he went in the 13th round Um, he's going after a whole bunch of rookies and we know what happens with rookie receivers right if you're rebuilding for the future you want to ignore this year take your rookies over a guy like Curtis Samuel has been in the league two years now he's 23 years old so he's not a lot older than these guys but for me I'm taking that guy who can help me win now and in the future um, you know, there's a, I have heard the argument on Twitter and I think it's a stupid argument that, uh, DJ Moore is going to have way more targets every year because his draft capital is so much higher. He went in the first round. People forget that Curtis Samuel, before he got hurt and missed his whole rookie season was picked in the beginning of the second round. He was picked 16 picks later than DJ Moore was picked, right? Like it's not, it's, he's not like a late round guy. This is a guy that the team valued when they went out and got him. Next season, he's going to be a free agent, which is why I put him on this list, because if he goes to another team, you know, he looks exactly the same as DJ Moore does. They do slightly different things on the team, but put him on another team where he can have a bit roll all to himself. I like that a lot. Over the last couple of seasons, look, 14 touchdowns to six touchdowns for DJ Moore. I know DJ Moore has the yards, he has the targets, he has the catches, but Curtis Samuel is the guy inside the red zone that, the Panthers have trusted over the last couple years. He's shown that he can be a red zone target. He had eight targets inside the 10-yard line last year, which was 18th best in the league regardless of position, second best on the team, only behind Greg Olson. So you got Curtis Samuel, who this year 
Um, on the Panthers was the second most targeted red zone guy, uh, and he was the short and intermediate route guy. Okay, when Greg Olson leaves, who was the red zone target leader and the short and intermediate route leader, who do you think? Who do you think gets those targets? Like, it's not going to DJ Moore who goes downfield. Like, they're not even going to go to CM. Well, some of them will go to CMC, but Curtis Samuel stands to get a big bump with Greg Olson this year in the red zone, in the middle of the field, I think. And then, and he's playing on a contract season, you know, let's see him blow up and earn himself some money next year. I'd like to see him go to a new team next year. If you want Curtis Samuel, you got to get him now. You can get him cheap. Uh, And sky's the limit for this kid moving forward this year or moving forward uh, in future years in dynasty, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a big uh, Curtis Samuel guy. Number one in air yards last year. Number one in unrealized air yards, which is air yards minus his actual receiving yards. It's basically a metric that just shows how he could have been used or how he was not used efficiently. I mean, with Kyle Allen, like what else do we expect? Now they're bringing Teddy. You got to throw away everything from last season, okay? And I know we have a whole new coaching staff, whole new offense this year, but you got to throw away all the stuff from last year. for sure. Kyle Allen, the I agree. Absolutely. And Teddy Bridgewater, you bring in, so insert Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks he's not good, that he's not going to be good for fantasy, but you look at, he went 5-0 and last year. I know the Saints were good, whatever. But if everyone is all aboard the DJ Moore, CMC, Ian Thomas, previously Curtis Samuel, now they bring in Robbie Anderson, so kind of a combination of those two, someone has to throw them the ball. Like, someone has to get them the ball. And Teddy Bridgewater is one of the most accurate quarterbacks when he's healthy. Now he's going to get a full offseason with Joe Brady, who, if you don't remember, yeah, LSU just tore it up in the championship with him calling plays. Uh, Matt Rule, who just turned around Baylor's poverty franchise into uh, Cotton Bowl, Sugar Bowl. I don't, they played Georgia in some bowl game. This team is going to come in. They didn't add – they went all defense. They, literally the draft was seven defensive picks. They said that they got their offense um, – they got their offense in free agency and they're all aboard the whole – spread offense Joe Brady's gonna be calling the plays and if you look back to Justin Jefferson aka Curtis Samuel we hope in this offense he's just going to be a target hog DJ Moore I think will see a little bit of a step back in terms of the downfield production I think they'll use DJ Moore probably in kind of Jamar Chase's role last year which is kind of just everything in that offense kind of a Michael Thomas sort of role for the Saints Robbie Anderson's going to be the downfield burner and then CMC is obviously the number one touch but yeah Curtis Samuel he's 23 I think you mentioned He's going to be 24 with three years of experience going into free agency. Like that's a screaming pay me now for any team that needs a receiver. And we saw all the teams that everyone wanted to take a receiver in the draft, like the Packers, even the Niners to an extent, because Ayuk's not like a true number one receiver. Um, The Chiefs will need a receiver next year. They have three guys that are going to be on a contract. Um, There's probably so many other teams that could use a receiver that I think will love Curtis Samuel. And if Curtis Samuel balls out, the the Panthers are going to pay him to come back and do the same thing next year. So I like that a lot for him. Let's not, let's not forget, like, one of the new hot trends in the NFL is, like, this, uh, this Swiss Army knife guy, right? Like the Debo Samuel, who can run the Jets. So they've been doing jet sweeps for a while, but all of a sudden it seems like it's a bigger deal. Yeah. Curtis Samuel is the wide receiver that gets those plays for the Panthers, has for the past couple of years. I think he scored four, touch, four uh, rushing touchdowns in the last two years. Um, 300 rushing yards over the last two years for this team. He's he can do it all. He's a guy that's going to be highly targeted in free agency. Should be I, if if the Panthers don't bring him back. Yeah, I love that a lot for sure. And he 13th round, like that's insane for. There's probably 
10 receivers above him that are all four years older and like a wide receiver two or three on their team respectively anyways. And half those teams probably run the ball first. This team, yes, they're going to run the ball, but the volume in terms of passing going to be big one just because of Joe Brady and two because this team is going to be terrible like they're going to be they're going to be awful you can't bring in seven rookie defenders and expect them to start and produce right away so I think there'll be a lot of volume to go around for all I guess five of their offensive weapons they're going to have uh, next year you know one of my favorite things about the way we're doing our dynasty draft so we waited till after the NFL draft so the rookies are just built into our startup one of my favorite things about doing a draft like that is the the crazy the crazy value people put on rookies. Like I, I got I picked Curtis Samuel in the thirteenth round, and that was after you know four or five rookie receivers in a row went off the board. Those rookie receivers aren't going to produce this year. Half of them aren't going to be able to produce the way we already know Curtis Samuel can. And you know what? They're they're twenty one and twenty two years old. And like you said, like I said, Curtis Samuel at twenty three. Like take the fucking experience, man. Sure, yeah. that's why i yeah. like shit like this like a pass on the rookies and win yeah i don't win the league by the way did you know yeah, that sure i mean well we'll probably have episodes recapping and whatnot i a thing with that too is um i guess i can i can give a narrative of sort of how i approach it so cd lamb is being i'm not like knocking his talent his situation or whatever but he's being extremely overdrafted over guys like tyler boyd guys like i saw um there was a draft i was doing Oh gosh, I'm just saying that Robert Woods, like three rounds higher than Robert Woods. Guys like that, there's people being overdrafted him. CeeDee Lamb is the wide receiver three for the Cowboys. Both those other receivers are not going to be cut or free agent or traded for two years. So you're going to wait three years for CeeDee Lamb to maybe get you 1,400 yards and 10 touchdowns. Yeah, Tyler Boyd literally did that two years ago. Now he gets Joe Burrow. Robert Woods, without Brandon Cooks, literally did that, or with Brandon Cooks, did that with like minus 200 yards. Yeah, so I think it's perfect sort of narrative I guess you could say is to don't I know that the situation might not be good for Curtis Samuel but he'll at least be a flex play with huge upside if those air yards correct themselves which I know Teddy Bridgewater doesn't throw the ball downfield a ton but even if he just connects on five or six more passes compared to last year that's at the way he's used is 20 to 30 more fantasy points I like that a lot uh, for Curtis Samuel for sure I threw, before, before we move off, I know we're talking a lot about Curtis Samuel, but I threw one of these trade things in here just so people can get an idea of the value that's happening right now. The, the one trade I found, which I thought was hilarious, it's a startup draft, and somebody traded the, the – they gave away a 25th round pick for Curtis Samuel and a 27th round pick. So to move up two rounds in the mid-20s, they gave up Curtis Samuel. Like, good God, like, that's fucking great. That's basically that's drafting that's this insane. asshole in the 26th round. Come on. That's crazy. That's, it's funny because you yet. mentioned the whole DJ Moore, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, like uh, training camp battle. He was drafted in like the sixth round and like redraft last year. And now he's going 13th in dynasty and he's 23 years old. So yeah, it's crazy that the, the Kyle Allen season can ruin that um, aspect for him. That's when that you much. take advantage. If you're paying attention, you take advantage of shit like that, for sure. <laughs> for sure. All righty. This one I am, I am super passionate about and have been drafting him everywhere because his floor is super safe, his ceiling is super high, um, and his ADP is like just perfect right around like the sixth. Robert Woods is who I said uh, earlier when I was mentioning the whole CD Lamb thing. So he was eighth in targets last year, just straight up last year. He kind of had an underwhelming season ish sort of last year like the end of the season was good but i'm not going to break down like week by week stats and stuff like that why not but now, what the fuck else are you doing <laughs> yes true 
No Brandon Cooks. He got traded to the Texans. Bill O'Brien making some genius moves, um, as, <laughs> as always, for sure. So that means 451 vacated routes run insert into this offense. So they're just up in the air. I don't think Vaughn Jefferson, Jefferson he's not going to run 400. You can't ask a rookie <laughs> to run 450 routes. Like, not a chance that happens. 978 vacated air yards from Brandon Cooks. Vaughn Jefferson is not a downfield stretcher. So someone has to do that. Cooper Cup is not a downfield stretcher. Robert, Robert Woods, not that he's a downfield stretcher, but he can kind of do it all. So he's going to be using those deep passes, which if you remember two years ago, he was used in that when the Rams went to the Super Bowl and they used more of a play action sort of vertical spread style. And then for some reason they decided to switch it up last year. Maybe they got too cocky. I don't really know what the whole scenario was there. Um, and then Cooper Cup, the other receiver that we mentioned, is a free agent next year. And they can actually uh, trade slash cut him for no dead money and save like eight mil um, this, this year. They are – I didn't write down – They're not getting – Cooper Cup is going to retire a fucking Ram. Are you kidding? Yeah, true. True. He just changed his number. I wrote this before he changed his number and like the whole um, – This I didn't really evaluate the cap. They actually have quite a bit of cap because they took a lot of dead money hits with Gurley and Clay Matthews and Weddle um, this year by letting him go. So the free – it's not an issue there. But Cooper Cup's just a free agent. Add that in there because if that were to happen, then Woods would be a top probably 10 dynasty receiver. But then I took some sort of um, – I don't know, whatever you want to say, adjusted or I don't know. I'll just read them off. So Woods was six in routes run last year in terms of the top 100 fantasy wide receivers. All these will be in terms of the top 100 fantasy wide receivers in PPR. And at the average touchdowns of the top 15 receivers in route runs was 4.6 higher than what Woods had at two. So 6.6. So he was 4.6 touchdowns behind uh, the top 15 in terms of route run. And he was sixth. He was 32nd in air yards. And out of the, the, all receivers with a thousand or more air yards, air yards, which he had, he was 4.23 less touchdowns. So 6.23 and he had two. And then Woods was eighth in targets for the wide receiver position. And out of receivers with greater than 100 targets last year, which there was 30 of them, he had 4.36 less touchdowns than those. So 6.36 and two. So basically what I mean is he's scoring a lot more than two touchdowns this year, just based off positive regression. And then there's those air yards that are vacated, the vacated routes run, bringing in a rookie running back, which I think Cam Akers is going to do great in redraft and dynasty, but you're still going to have to work him in. I mean, like, it, it, for as bad as we may think Todd Gurley would have played, he was still Todd Gurley last year. He still had the experience. He still knew what he was doing. So they're going to have to rely on the passing game a lot more. Von Jefferson, same scenario. Like I said, he's not going to run 450 uh, routes because, one, if there's no training camp, he has to learn the routes first before he runs them. That might not happen the way we want it to. So I think Robert Woods is basically a wide receiver one that's being drafted as like a wide receiver 2.5, right between the two and the three um, this year. So I'll read off some trades and I'll get your feedback uh, for that. Wait, don't, don't read them off. Okay. Because I want to point to one of them specifically and ask you this question. It's, it's very interesting. It's the first one you listed. Robert Woods going for two of the guys that we've already mentioned as targets. Alexander mm-hmm. Madison and Curtis Samuel. If you're, if you have the opportunity um, to be on either side of this trade, which would you? Re- I know you just said that you love some Robert Woods, right? All that shit you just said, which we're going to talk about in a moment. Um, Robert Woods is your fucking dude. But who do you want more, Robert Woods or Alexander Madison and Curtis Samuel? All three guys we've talked about as guys you want on your dynasty team. Where do you go? Who do you pick? So this was tough because obviously I could say that it matters on your team if you're rebuilding selling because obviously it does. But in a way, dynasty trades don't need to be evaluated 
that much. I think you should always be trying to win no matter how good or bad your team is. But yeah, I think it's a good one because you're sacrificing, you are sacrificing the, the wide receiver one production with Woods to get Madison, who I think is, I have him on probably every single dynasty team that I run just because the, the clear upside is there. And even the, he's probably, I mean, Adam, we didn't pull up his ADP. He's probably being drafted around guys like Matt Breida and Edmonds. Like Breida might be a flex. Edmonds is not a flex. And I know you mentioned you could start him in the flex with clear upside. Uh, the part where I would maybe take the woods is we find running backs like this all the time in terms of Madison every single year, guys like this pop up, uh, maybe not to that upside. But Samuel, if he gets on a new team next year, we're kind of hoping he becomes Robert Woods, if that makes any sense. Like if he lands on the Packers, we're hoping he gets more than 100 targets, right. 1,000, 1,200 yards. 1400 yards whatever he's going to get so that's kind of that's a really good and it's funny that it ties into the episode that's a really good I think even trade so that one I think would solely just come down to are you trying to win right now because obviously you'd want to go woods um you don't want to be starting Samuel if you're trying to win every week um so that's a really good one for sure I can read off the next I guess two because they're kind of they're not one for one but they're kind of similar so Kenny Galladay and Latavius Murray got traded for David Montgomery and Robert Woods to me, that's just a smash on the David Montgomery and Robert Woods side, regardless if you're rebuilding or win now. Um, right. People undervalue David Montgomery. We'll probably do like an ADP check of this or like a value check or something. Fuck David Montgomery, dude. Fuck all the I, Bears. Okay, Fuck I know you don't ben like Maggie. him. I know you don't like him, and you're a Bears fan. I went to Iowa Fuck State. Fuck Ryan Pace. <laughs> Fuck them all. But, I know, wait, you love David Montgomery because he's an Iowa State side. No, no, I'm actually Tell on the, the opposite. No, I actually last year, he, I was the one – saying he was not that good of an act like he was not that good of an actual running back like you drafted Bears, david montgomery and hakeem butler in the first and second last year's rookie draft don't lie no i did not actually i well, that last year was like my first year doing rookie drafts because i joined in uh the only two dynasty leagues i did two years ago were combined so like i had no clue what i was doing and i traded away all my rookie picks so i'm like i don't want these guys like and so i didn't actually really like draft anyone so this is my first year of like kind of fully doing that but yeah, um, completely different episode. Dave Montgomery, good value right now. The man's going to get 250 opportunities this year. But yeah, like just, so just like that trade right there. You can get a running back with 250 opportunities and a low-end wide receiver one for Kenny Galladay, who I think people are overvaluing a bit because no one really takes into account his splits with Marvin Jones last year. Um, it was really good when Marvin Jones wasn't in the, on the field and he, everyone saw what he did with David Blau, so they think that he can do it with Matt Stafford, but Marvin Jones will still be there. But, yeah, what are your thoughts on Robert Woods um, and maybe how you're approaching him in startups this year? I love Woods. Um, the, my problem is this. Literally every single dynasty team that I have, I own Cooper Cup in. So I, I, have okay. a hard time, I have a hard time taking him just because of that. Because I think between the two, I'd take Cup over Woods all day. But Robert Woods is fantastic, and he's been undervalued. He's always been undervalued. I mean, he's, he's, he's a fantastic player to have on your team. He's going to start. Uh, and produce every single week for you. His, he's one of these guys that, like, his floor is super high. His ceiling maybe his – ceiling, his ceiling is higher than people expect because, like, what did he go, like, three weeks in a row with 18, 17 targets or some stupid fucking number? Yeah, it was last? once Cooks got hurt and once Everett got hurt. And, like, My God, like, 13, the, guy yeah. gets, the guy gets looks because quarterbacks trust a guy like Robert Woods that can play. I love it. I think it's fantastic. Two, two issues, two things that I want to point out. Um, just for the credibility of the website, this YouTube page, and your brand all together, Lucas. One, 
It's Van Jefferson, not Von Jefferson. Oh, Pay sorry. I, I always mess that up. I always mess that up. Fuck's sake. You, you, it feels like you know more about college football than I do, but then you do some shit like that, okay? Um, not okay. And I, I'll say this. In, in two of my previous rookie drafts, I drafted Van Jefferson owning Cooper Cup, and I feel really bad about it because they do the exact same thing, which mm-hmm. plays into your Robert Woods thing. Two running backs that do the exact same thing and leaves Robert Woods to do everything else on the field. Fantastic. Um, my other issue is this, I know you're, what, what, what's your major? You're in school. What's your major? It's like statistics so or business analytics. Yeah. Business analytics. Like these, these stats for you're saying this much over the average underneath of what, blah, blah, blah. Like you lost everybody that was listening, man. Just tell them touchdown regression is coming. You don't need to get into these 4.23 less touchdowns per 1000. Fuck. Shut up. Just say he's going to play well and people will listen to you. That's Christ true. Almighty, uh, you gotta uh, dumb it down. Luke, life lesson from an older man: people are stupid. Play to that. Okay. Right. That's why I get drunk every sure. episode, just to dumb myself down to bring them to the level of our listeners. So, Danny, if you're listening right now, he just called you stupid. That's for sure. Well, he's Canadian. Like, he's not gonna. Talk oh yeah. Shit about it. Like, Good he, point. He, he's a Let Canadian Cowboys fan, so. Let me ask you this question. Real talk. Danny and Tyler, are they going to fight? I don't know. They kind of have a little bit of a uh, tension, you could say. or yeah. so, I don't know. I think it's because one of them's a Cowboys fan and one of them's like a Dolphins fan, and, and I, I, I don't know. It's, a bit of a lover's tiff is what it is, I think. Yeah, Tyler also hates Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, so, like, we could have, like, I don't – some of the things they do and say are just not – just don't add up in terms of, like, statistically or just, like, common football knowledge. So, it's – it's some, this is on air right now, so they're, hopefully they're listening because, I mean, I would hope they listen to our own channel's videos. But, yeah, so. They're, 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 they're an interesting duo. You built the team, so if it implodes, it's your fault, I think. You're the boss, right? Yeah, I'll just pass it off to you before it implodes, though. Do, do, people, know, do people know that Lucas Kaser is the fucking boss? Like, he's, you're the man, right? You're at the top. You're at the top of the pyramid. I don't know. I mean, we kind of were a collective team, so I don't really know if it's like a, a pyramid scheme or like a – uh, Yeah, you know – leaders say that shit like claim it. just claim it. i guess You're the boss. i don't know i mean dewey's nuts is the man though according to your kids so i don't know if i am though i'm the man on the bottom of the total ball i want you to start wearing a shirt that says boss to all these fucking okay. i'll send you one. i'll get like a flag or something back there or something like yeah, that fuck, you got other flags in your childhood bedroom there it's fine let's it's talk about my Relax. other is it okay yeah let me talk about my other my other wide receiver because i had two i know this is taking fucking forever but i don't Not care this is how I do things long form fantasy advice and alcohol. Um, I like Tyler Boyd. You mentioned him a couple of times. Oh, excuse me. Nice. You mentioned Tyler Boyd a couple of times already. Um, now less value for somebody like Tyler Boyd than there is Robert Woods, Curtis Samuel. He's going, I think he went in the ninth round uh, in our startup. He's going pretty high ADP wise. I don't recall exactly where it is higher than I expected. I think inside the top 15 in ADP, but this is a kid that I think is going to be really fucking good over the next handful of years. I know the reason I put him on this list, you know, you're always looking for value is uh, AJ Green is back, right? The team goes out and drafts T Higgins. Another T Higgins is in essence, AJ Green. Like this is the same guy. So it looks like they're drafting AJ Green's replacement to be the big play guy to take all the touchdowns, all the deep balls and, and if you're the Tyler Boyd owner or if you were looking at Tyler Boyd prior to the draft, T. Higgins might put you off. And those are the reasons 
You should go see if the, uh, the Tyler Boyd owner in your league is willing to part with him um, because there's a discount coming. Uh, my favorite thing about Tyler Boyd is his splits with A.J. Green over the last two seasons. Um, all of the numbers, targets, uh, maybe not targets, but catches, yards, touchdowns, everything that you can imagine um, is better with A.J. Green on the field because Tyler Boyd is one of these guys who he is – maybe the best wide receiver two in football. Like that's going to, that's going to spark some debate. People are going to be mad about it, but he's not a fantastic one. You put him against shut the quote unquote shutdown corners. Um, you might struggle a little bit. We saw that a couple of times last season with AJ green out, but with somebody else on the field, I think there's few people that can perform better than Tyler Boyd. Um, so should Higgins step into the AJ green role after green leaves at the end of the season, which don't kid yourself, he's leaving. He's really fucking pissed that he's got to play on a franchise tag now. He may not. Like, there's not there, – there's a chance he holds out and doesn't play just because he don't want to play on this tag. Uh, last year he, he was healthy and he decided he didn't want to play anyway at the end of the year, right? Um, but this is an upcoming offense. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow is what Joe Burrow is. He's going to be a good quarterback in the league at the very worst. Um, we've finally moved on to a new coaching staff. We'll see what happens you know, with, with, a, with the new quarterback, the coach in there. We've got T. Higgins. We've got a lot of things going on on this team. I think if you can talk to the owner and if the owner is concerned, which is likely, um, you might be able to get decent value out of this guy. And uh, he's, a, he's a legit wide receiver. He was the wide receiver 18 last season as the starter. And I, I don't think he finished outside the top 24 with A.J. Green on the field. Just because he's 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 one of those again super reliable fucking guys that can that just plays well, all the fucking time. Some trades that we put in here. Look, Tyler Boyd in a Yahoo league recently went straight up for Joaquin Grant. I put it in there as a because it is it sounds like a joke, um, but apparently it really fucking happened. Um, how about Tyler Boyd and Zach Ertz for Mark Ingram? Like that means Tyler Boyd is being undervalued and, and you should at least talk to the owner right now. I've done it in, in two of my dynasty leagues just to see where they're at, get a price check because this is a kid that can be on your fantasy team, um, your wide receiver two and a fucking great wide receiver two on your fantasy team with wide receiver one week to week potential upside. So go get him. at least talk to the guy. Yeah. It's you hit all the numbers, the way he plays. And I think the thing that, just breaking down more of the scare of maybe his targets go down. T, T Higgins comes in, literally shows AJ Green's not there next year. Like even if yes. he wants to play, like he's not there. They this team has another thing with this. Yes, they got Joe Burrow. Yes, they have one offensive lineman coming back. This team is still going to be bad. Like it's not like they're now division contenders. Like it's not going to happen. They got three new corners. They got a D tackle, uh, DJ Reader, but like that's it. They made no other moves. So. Maybe you take a little bit of a discount if A.J. Green stays healthy, John Ross stays healthy, but John Ross and A.J. Green are both gone next year. You're rolling with T. Higgins, Auden Tate, and Tyler Boyd. Auden Tate is like a two-target-a-game guy that just catches some jump balls. Higgins will probably get his six. I don't know. He'll get – Higgins is a wide receiver one, but he's not going to be a wide receiver one if Tyler Boyd's on the roster. There's going to be a 1A, 1B. So, yeah, I think Boyd is – like you could go like – you said ninth round. You can go in a super flex – literally go quarterback and running back up until round nine and then just take your wide receiver there go get like a Michael Gallup lower than him and then go get a high upside guy and like Will Fuller and you have the perfect team going into next year so I think he's a perfect value and a perfect trade target um like hypothetical 
max maybe trade would you give a 2021 first for tyler boyd i would i i i discount rookie picks like crazy um and tyler boyd i off the top let me tell you i got the thing right here tyler boyd is is 25 years old right he's got seven years left in the six years left in the nfl as a wide receiver should he continue to perform like i'm not worried about about the age there i think tyler boy if tyler boyd yes tyler boyd's production is worthy of uh at least a middle first round like if i was the one oh one two three my team was trash i probably wouldn't do that but um if you're if you expect to land somewhere in the middle this season in your dynasty yeah fuck yeah he's worth a middle one uh 105 106 what about you yo yeah i agree i mean i i always think about it in terms of like what could happen kind of so think about this year say last year you gave a 20 a mid a first round pick you didn't know what it was say it ended up being the 108 okay that's probably what henry ruggs maybe rager uh maybe judy stuff like that um in a super flex league so would you rather have or sorry we hope that those guys are going to be posting wide receiver 18 on the team that just had the number one pick in the nfl draft without a quarterback in the future it's like the kind of the way i think about it because obviously i can like jerry judy's a better athlete he's gonna have more I don't understand more targets. He's going to probably see better targets as of now. The team's a little bit better, like stuff like that. Jalen Rager, the team's good. He's going to be the number one. But for them to finish as the wide receiver 18, they're going to have to put up 1,400 yards because they're not going to see the 150 or I don't even want to say 150, the 130 targets that Tyler Boyd's going to see. And Tyler Boyd's very efficient in the red zone. He's shown that the last two years he's really good at, or maybe the team's just really good at getting him open in the red zone. Um, So I think it's definitely a – just an overall good dynasty player that even if his value was high, I still think it'd be worth it because he produces at least the last two years and he's going to continue to produce for a team that's um, maybe only getting better from here, presumably only getting better for here. So I like that a lot. Just to some of your, to some of your points here about like the rookies, because like he, he, in our, in our startup here, he went after in the same round as, um, Michael Pittman, for example, Darius Slayton, Marquise Brown. He went after rookies like Rager by a few rounds, Judy Jefferson by a few rounds. Go, if you haven't done it yet, viewers, go to FSC. What is it? FSE Draft Guide? Is that what it is? Yep. Yep. FSEDraftGuide.com and check out. We've got, we've got stuff on hit rates there. There's almost no chance a rookie wide receiver is going to perform top 18. Like it just doesn't fucking happen. Um, in the NFL we've got the evidence to support that statement on that website go check it out Tyler Boyd can do it might do it again so yes trade him for the uh, trade trade him for a mid-round one absolutely all day for sure all right look at, I'm that, plug. Look at that plug Lucas I love it I was I was gonna mention plug. something about the hit rate prior but I just kind of dropped the ball there but... I did that research Lucas I'm did, proud I, of it I told you I, you're the man for doing it. Dweez Nuts is the man for doing that that's for sure but you put you put the website together I plugged it I think you owe me a little money for that plug but all right let's, I'll let's, sh- shoot you some money let's move right. are we ready for tight ends let's do it all right I will go because I'm, I'm this is like my Robert Woods at the tight end here and Hayden Hurst yeah. All right. Flash forward, flash forward, flash back to free agency. Uh, the Falcons traded a second round pick for the once first round pick Hayden Hurst, a guy that also was listed ahead of the depth chart of Mark Andrews the whole season last year. Just to put that in the back of your head, people think Mark Andrews is like this, like next Travis Kelsey. It's not happening. The whole different breakdown. I think it of might snap. happen. Okay. I don't know. I'm not like he only played on like 50 percent of the snaps, and I. 
whatever. This Hayden Hurst, a good athlete, was a good draft pick for a reason. He comes into the Falcons, a team that has just a ton of vacated targets. So what that means also on fsedraftguide.com, all the data for vacated production, what that means is a player was on the team last year, left the team that leaves X amount of targets that say, I guess in this case, Austin Hooper had 111 targets uh, last year. They might've had another tight end that adds up to that, but there's 111 vacated tight end targets. Yes, there's other tight ends on the roster, but is uh, Luke Stalker and Jaden Graham really a better tight end than Hayden Hurst? Then you add in the receiver targets, which was Muhammad Sanu, and I think they had another guy, 68 wide receiver targets. They didn't bring in a single wide receiver, and then they should have drafted CeeDee Lamb, but they did not. Uh, no, Russell Gage. Well, no, they shouldn't have, but like A.J. Terrell is – like CeeDee Lamb, greater sign A.J. Terrell at that pick for sure, no matter if they don't need him or not. But 68 vacated wide receiver targets and 78 vacated running back targets. So he has to compete with Todd Gurley, who's banged up, who's not going to see 78 targets. He might if he stays healthy, but they're probably going to limit his workload a little bit. And Russell Gage to fill that wide receiver three role. I have a strong feeling Hayden Hurst is a better athlete than Russell Gage, probably a better receiving weapon, definitely a better blocker. He's going to be on the field a ton. So I don't know, not that he's being like extremely undervalued, but like I have him at like my tight end eight, maybe even seven in Dynasty because he's literally a more athletic Austin Hooper, can probably pass block better. Like he was drafted in the first round by a team that knows what they're doing, that has a great coaching staff, a great organization in the Ravens. And they obviously like him a lot if they went out and traded a second-round pick when this team has no depth ever. This team never has any depth. They could have used that second-round pick to get a running back, to get a backup quarterback. Who knows if Matt Ryan's going to be there much longer. Depth on defense, anything, you name it. So this team is you – know, the offensive line is coming back. That also will help. Kind of the same with the Bengals. The team is going to improve. Hayden Hurst is going to see a ton of production. I think he can do – might be dumb to say it, but do a lot more than Austin Hooper did last year. Hooper is just really efficient in the red zone, but I think Hayden Hurst is a great trade target. Um, Tight end premium too. I think the thing that people kind of undervalue, I had this conversation, uh, I think Notorious Fantasy asked me, a 2021 first and Hayden Hurst for Mark Andrews. I said, no way. Like I said, Hayden Hurst, take the Hayden Hurst in the 2021 first because it's a tight end premium league. A tight end premium league helps tight ends that get more receptions. It doesn't help a guy like Mark Andrews is only going to get 40, 50 receptions on the year because the touchdowns aren't inflated. The yards aren't inflated. So if you're getting a guy that's getting 90, we'll just say not at the ceiling, 90 receptions, we'll say 80 receptions. If that's the ceiling, you're tight end premium in that, whatever the premium is 0. 0.25, 0. 0.5, 0. 0.75 that compared to a tight end that's getting 40 catches. So I think if people are just kind of undervaluing, I want to say that people like, I mean, it's potential, but like, it's potential with no competition around him to take that from him. So I think he's huge. He's in for a huge role this year and he's there for two more years. My only, my only two concerns about what you said, actually my only two issues with what you said, the only two times you fucked up when you were talking over the last two minutes are these. Okay. First of all, Russell Gage is, is, is better than you think. I think Russell Gage is a great, he was on my short list of trade targets. I, I fucking, I love me some Russell Gage um, this season as a wide receiver three there. Um, and, and Gurley will be fine on his targets. Um, I don't, th- I, now I loved Hayden Hurst coming out of the draft. Um, if you, so my podcast, I'm going to plug myself real quick, yep. your football fantasy, which is available most places. I don't think it's on Spotify right now because I haven't taken Lucas, Lucas's advice, but maybe I will one day. Um, I, maybe I don't want Spotify listeners 
listening to my podcasts, those, those fucking tools. But look, Austin uh, Hayden, who Hayden Hurst is a, is a, is a great athlete, not the most athletic tight end that you could want. Austin Hooper. You said, you said Hayden Hurst is so much better than Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper was drafted in the beginning of the third round. It's not like he's a seventh round guy. He's also an athletic freak at the tight end position. Um, but you're not wrong. Like Hayden Hurst goes to one of the best tight end positions in the NFL. Like this is a team that values that position. It's a quarterback that has valued that position. Austin Hooper may have quote unquote broke out last season, but every single year he's been on that team, he has produced because his target numbers have been high. And that's because Matt Ryan likes the tight end. I like Hurst. I think he's going later than he should. I think he's gone. He went in the 10th round in our tight end premium league. Um, he went after guys like Irv Smith Jr. Wait, and maybe after now he went after guys like, uh, TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard, who I like Dallas Goddard, but Hayden Hurst has a, a, a just as good opportunity to perform as, as well, if not better than those guys. But uh, yeah, I don't hate it, but, but careful, careful talking about Russell Gage. That's a guy that could really surprise. I don't, I don't hate him. I just think, I don't think Russell Gage is going to see not a chance. Russell Gage takes all 68 of those vacated dry receiver targets. Like, he could he definitely could um and I think Gage you could have put him on this list because if Julio or Calvin Ridley were to get hurt like they've shown in the past like Gage is going to get 10 plus targets a game because I mentioned how thin like for some reason this team does not believe in putting in players in the back end of your depth chart like you'd think they would go look at a team like the Saints that has like four tight ends like 10 running backs always get like Zach Zenner and guys and then they end up producing but you'd think that they would change something for the haven't done it ever since their 28 to three loss you think they would try and change something because their players were banged up then too but yeah I think that the Falcons are going to be I don't know if they're going to be that good of a team but I think they're going to be an underrated fantasy landmark doesn't um, matter if they're that good of a team doesn't matter can I t- so like there's a there's a couple of guys in, in the fantasy universe at fantasy in session I don't know if you know them or not but I've done a few things with them they're they're good friends of my show and uh like they're Atlanta guys and, and they, they don't have a lot of love for Hayden Hurst either. That seems to be the prevailing opinion that Hayden Hurst is a huge step down from Austin Hooper, but like take advantage of that. If you can, you're not wrong. My favorite thing that you, you put on this list here. I don't even know if you said it because I stopped listening to you because I find your voice to be a little boring. Sorry, Lucas probably um, is when you said that Hooper had the most red zone targets per game of all the tight ends. Like that is where the Hayden Hurst, real value is going to jump in because this is a guy stepping into a situation where me, he may have 10 fucking touchdowns. That wouldn't surprise me this season on a team that scores nearly at will on offense. Um, You know, the end in session guys pointed out to me that they made a ton of moves last year on their offensive line. All those guys got hurt. They're all coming back this season. I expect that offensive line to be a lot better improved much improved from it was last season which was their biggest weakness and if Matt Ryan gets any time at all uh, watch them score 30 points a game if they average 28 points a game again won't surprise me and Hayden Hurts is going to get his piece of that definitely a guy I'm targeting in in drafts I like that Um, my tight end trade target here is is hard to say out loud it's but it's OJ Howard like small I'm all about it last season yeah, last season going into the draft, everybody was on O.J. Howard's nut. 
two seasons ago, I think when he was a rookie, right? Everybody was on OJ Howard's nut. There's, there's not been an athlete at the tight end position like OJ Howard in fucking forever, but um, it hasn't worked yet for whatever reason. Jameis and OJ Howard never fucking connected, which is seems it's strange to me. I don't understand why. Uh, maybe OJ Howard doesn't work very hard in practice, but he hasn't gotten his. And now Tom Brady comes in, uh, obvious, obviously a guy that can use the tight end. Uh, you, we all saw that in New England when he had Gronkowski and that other, that other, uh, that gay guy that hung himself. Doesn't matter what his name is; he's dead now. Um, but, but Gronk comes back to Tampa Bay, and all of a sudden. People who were excited about O.J. Howard are no longer excited about O.J. Howard. Okay, O.J. Uh, Rob Gronkowski is like 32 years old. He's old as fuck. Um, he's there on a one-year deal, which is not going to be extended to a two-year deal. The re- one of the reasons I believe that very firmly is that the team decided to take O.J. Howard's fifth-year option and sign him on for another season. They don't think Gronk is going to be there um, Rob Gronkowski is – I've never believed that Rob, Rob Gronkowski uh, sh- should have ever performed the way he did. He's, he's kind of a piece of shit human. Um, I, don't, I don't think he has a big I – I can't say this enough. I fucking hate Rob Gronkowski. I think he's the – he's like he won the, he won the genetic lottery and he took that ticket and he fucking wiped his ass with it before he cashed it in, which pisses me off as a tiny human. Like if I, if I would have had anything that he had, I'd have worked at it. I watched a, I watched an interview with Julian Edelman once. And, and, you know, you hear a lot about these, these uh, professional athletes who do crazy workouts. Like you get to see their fucking ridiculous workout. Jerry Rice had the most insane workout regiment of any athlete of all time. And when you get to see it, like it makes you want to throw up watching Julian Edelman in his interview said, he was really impressed with Rob Gronkowski's work ethic because sometimes they'd be sitting there just playing video games for hours at a time. And then Gronk would just jump up and say, Hey, let's all do 10 push-ups real quick. And that impressed Julian Edelman about this guy's fucking dedication to his own craft. I think Rob Gronkowski is a piece of shit human. And if he died, like I would rather Aaron Hernandez still be alive. Oh, than <laughs> Rob Gronkowski. Um, he's, he sucks ass at life. Anyway, back to the point. Gronk will be gone next year. O.J. Howard is still going to be there next year. He's already been signed back to the team. Will he hit eventually? Who knows? Uh, but he's free. He's fucking free. When Gronk got signed, O.J. Howard's stock fell through the floor. He's free. So why not pick him up, stash him on your bench, and see what happens next year? I know Cameron Brait beat him out a couple of years in a row, which is really disappointing. Um, I know Gronk coming back totally fucking disintegrates his value this year, but a guy with an athletic profile of an OJ Howard can't be ignored if he's free. I don't have any trade examples. I'll look them up if you want to tell me about how right yeah, I am. Really. For sure. No, I think that not that I don't want to like side with the athletic profile thing, but we have not seen one like him. And that has to mean something. A guy like him just doesn't not produce on the football field. A first-round tight end, the hit rate date is on there, but not past year three. But just use year three because it stands pretty congruent with when the tight end should be taking over. Cameron Bray, I don't know if we mentioned him a little bit. They can cut him or trade him for zero dead cap uh, this year and next year. 
they obviously don't want him there if they went out and got Gronk. If they really believed in Bray, they wouldn't have gotten Gronk. I get there's the whole personal connection. Gronk thinks losing 50 pounds makes you catch more balls or something, whatever. I, I'm all on the, the anti-Gronk uh, take for you. But that means that Gronk and Bray will not be there next yeah, year. Do you wish he were dead like I do? I don't know. I just choose to ignore everything he does. Like when he retired, everyone's like one of the greatest tight ends in NFL history retires. And I'm thinking like, did anyone check his stats? Like he played one full season his whole career. Like, like is Cordell Patterson the best receiver? Cause he played one really good season and didn't do anything the rest of the time. Like it's the Chicago bear right there. Lucas, I'm not going to let you off the hook on this question. Do you oh, like I do wish Rob Gronkowski were dead? No, I, I, I can't say yes. Um, do Let I me ask you that? it a different way. Let me ask okay. you it a different way. See if we can alienate some of your viewers. Who do you wish were dead more? If you could pick one to catch the coronavirus and die next week, would you pick Rob Gronkowski or Donald Trump? Choose one. That's tough. I'm not a big political guy, but I hate how Trump tweets all the time. So I'd probably go, mm, I'd probably go Trump, actually, because he hasn't been wearing a mask the last month. You just lost half your fucking viewer or 40% or whatever people vote. Yeah, for. it's also an hour, and I don't even know if they're listening. I would go with the guy that hasn't worn a mask and tweets about coronavirus all the time. That's probably my, my stance there. But, yeah, come on. Like, RJ Howard, you bring him into an offense year two of Brady. I'm not saying there's going to be a bad year one, but year two of Brady with Mike Evans – Chris Godwin, Tyler Johnson, people kind of forget about him. Now that he's a good dynasty stash because he really isn't. Keyshawn Vaughn, Ronald Jones. Um, they got another running back that's really fast. Um, Calais, I don't know if he'll make the team, but he's insanely fast. Uh, Raymond Calais is my, is my fucking Calais. dude from the University of Louisiana Lafayette. Um, I lost a lot of money on his 40 time at, his, uh, at the combine. I bet that it'd be sub 4-3-5. And it was at like a four three a four four two, but he is, he is he is something. Watch watch that. Was game. he was he the one with like two thousand rushing yards last year? Because they had like three running backs. Yeah. Yes, they had three running backs. All of them were eligible for this draft. He, I believe, one he, stayed though. He's the only one that got picked up by anybody. He uh, he was the re- third down back, the receiving back on that team. Um, and to me, he was the second best running back on that team. Trey Raggis, who didn't get signed. Uh, probably should have fucking been signed somewhere. But Raymond Kalei got invited to the combine, which pretty much means you're going to be put on an NFL team somewhere. That's just kind of the way it works these days. But For sure. Um, yeah, I agree. You're, I, but I, go ahead. Go ahead. Raymond but, Kalei. yeah, what go I'm ahead. saying is that if Gronk and Cameron Brait aren't there, O.J. Howard has to see production. Like, last year he saw production, didn't work out. The team also wasn't that great. The interceptions were there. And Cameron Brait was still the starter on the depth chart. So, like – I always say the depth chart because that is like teams don't produce a depth chart and then like switch it around when it comes to game time. Like they have to produce the depth chart for announcers, for stat keepers, for X amount of stuff. So I think that that matters. Like we'll come into this year. We'll probably talk about it. Nick Boyle is the starter. He was last year. He is this year. And it's not because that he's the better tight end. It's just because that teams maybe value him more in the, the run blocking game, et cetera. So I think that they probably got Gronk to run block to just be the, the, the tight end coach you could say and maybe play on 50% of the snaps but if you can get OJ Howard in his fifth year fifth year maturity hopefully learns from Cameron Bray, Gronk, Brady, Bruce Arians all these guys I would think it would work out and he's cheap just like you said so I think that's a big one for sure. Got a couple of trades here for you um, we see straight up trades on Yahoo for OJ Howard uh, Chase Edmonds straight up Darren Fells 
straight up who might have scored a lot of touchdowns last year, but only because Jordan Akins was injured. Like these, it's it basically means it's free. All right, I'm gonna record the outro now. Is that good? Um, if you like, yeah. You <laughs> that was not right. a good combination of things. So if you're for whatever reason still watching this this far, like at least watch the dynasty stuff because we did we do know what we're talking about. We just like to have fun with it because if we just sat here and like fantasy pros and roto world and just read off our show sheets that we don't even do that someone else does for us like you wouldn't we wouldn't that wouldn't be any fun for us so we like to have a little fun with it so at least watch that part i'll probably put the the video notes down below when to click and all that crap but this will be a weekly thing like i said fridays um wait you and me every week for sure for sure we might bring on if you have anybody else you want to bring on we could do like a three or a four i i don't know we're just gonna bring a dynasty video it's cute that you think I know other people. Yeah, I guess that's true. Okay, I guess I'll have to bring people on. Look, I'm not doing another one of these with you until you get some liquor. Okay, I'll work on it. I, I just – well, one, I'm only 20, so like I can't really buy it myself. And I just You haven't. either have a fake ID or you have a friend that's 21 years old, and I do not condone, for the record, underage drinking. I have my parents. My mom usually describes it. That's fine. It works out that way. Yeah, so every Friday, we'll probably move to one um, in the summer when redraft's more of a thing. But yeah, so go follow Dwayne um, down that way. His Twitter's down there, Dwee's Nuts on Twitter. All the links to the draft guide, his vacated or his hit rate, my vacated production data. His Twitter will be down there. His podcast will be down there. And we'll see you guys next Friday.